If you have a Bible, look with me at Luke chapter 17. We begin with verse 11. Luke 17, verse 11. Now it happened as Jesus went to Jerusalem that he passed through the midst of Samaria and Galilee. Then as he entered a certain village, there met him ten men who were lepers who stood afar off. They lifted up their voices and said, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. So when he saw them, he said to them, Go, show yourselves to the priests. And so it was that as they went, they were cleansed. And they had to have faith just to do that. As they went, they were cleansed. And one of them, when he saw that he was healed, returned and with a loud voice glorified God and fell down on his face at Jesus' feet, giving Jesus thanks. And he was a Samaritan. So Jesus answered and said, were there not ten cleansed? But where are the nine? Were there not any found who returned to give glory to God except this foreigner? And he said to him, arise, go your way, your faith has made you well. Now this word well is sozo, which means saved. Your faith has saved you. Now, I want to go through five things very quickly that we can learn from this, I think can transform your life. And the title of this message is, But Where Are the Nine? Where are the nine? And I want to tell you that point number one, every good thing in your life is a gift from God. Every good thing in your life is a gift from God. James 1, 16 and 17 says this. Do not be deceived, my beloved brethren. Every good gift, that's verse 17, there it is. Every good gift and every perfect gift is from above. Now what does every mean? Every means every, all, that's right. Every or all good gifts and every perfect gift is from above. Every good thing in your life you got from God and comes down from the Father of lights with whom there is no variation or shadow of turning. Now, I want to give you a key that, that I have seen and has been made known to me. When you are blessed by God, if all you see is the blessing, the blessing will get you farther from Him. But if you see in the blessing His face, if you see him behind the blessing, it will draw you closer to him. Every good blessing, every good thing in your life is a gift from him. But for instance, when I see Francine, I think that's the girl that God gave me. I look at her, but I see, you know, in her, I see God behind her saying, this is God's girl for you, Wade. I go, oh, thank you, God, for blessing me. My children are a gift from God. And every time I see them, you know, I think, wow, that's a gift from God. My son, even yesterday, he said again, Daddy, when am I going to get baptized? Baptized. I, I, I don't even have the heart to tell him baptized, but baptized. But I, I love that. And I said, well, son, I want to make sure that you are truly saved. But I think, thank you, God, for my little boy, for my girls. I look at my church. What a blessing you are to praise and worship like that. Thank you, church, for that. And I think, you know, and every time I listen to that praise and I look at your faces, I see your hands raised high to God. You're excited about God. I see six kids get saved at camp, and I'm not even there. Isn't that awesome? I think, whoa, you know, God is moving in our midst. Thank you, God. And I see behind the blessing, the blesser. 
You understand, that's huge. Because if all you see is the blessing, I have people all the time come to, oh, Pastor Wade, I need this job so bad. And then we pray together. We get down and we weep at God's altar. We pray for that job to come. They get the job and I don't see them anymore. And I say, what happened? Oh, well, you know, I'm working so hard now. And I think, wow, you know what? That blessing got you farther from him. And that's what happened to the nine. They were blessed, but all of a sudden they're going away from Jesus, not to him. One sees the blessing. The Bible says he saw that he was healed. And you know what? Instead of seeing the blessing, all of a sudden he sees the blesser. And he's got to get closer to Jesus. So number one thing we have to have under this Roman numeral one, every good thing in your life is a gift from God. You need to have an attitude of gratitude about everything in your life. I mean, see every blessing, your breath, the fact that you can breathe. The fact you walk into an air-conditioned church, hallelujah. I mean, I walked outside just to hug a few necks. My glasses fogged up, couldn't see a thing. You know, I'm walking around like this. Humidity, hot, walk in here, oh, it's a blessing from God. I got so many loves and hugs, you know. That's a blessing from God. And I see from Him, from Him, from Him. Whenever I hear you, the sweet things that y'all say, the prayers that are going up, I hear God behind you. You know, I see the blesser, not just the blessing. And when you see the blesser and you give him praise and glory, he said, oh, I can bless you because I will be glorified in blessing you. But if all of a sudden the blessings he's pouring out on you get you farther from him, no wonder so many people that are blessed, you know, and then they just take off from God. They think, what happened? Yeah, you took the blessing and you quit looking at the blesser. All right, have an attitude of gratitude. 1 Thessalonians 5, 16, rejoice always. Pray without ceasing. In everything, give thanks. For this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. That's what that guy did. He learned God's will for him. Hey, I've got a blessing. I'm healed. I've got to go back and rejoice always. And pray without ceasing. In everything, give thanks. For this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. People say, I wish I knew God's will. That's it. That's what the Bible said. That's God's will for you. Rejoice always. Pray without ceasing. And in everything, Give thanks. Well, what about the nine? What happened to them? All they see is the blessing. They don't see the blesser. It's all about them, not about him. I pray today that you're not one of those nine. Live a life of thanksgiving and praise to God everywhere you go. Psalm 100 says, make a joyful shout to the Lord, all ye lands. Baptists, we got to learn that. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come before His presence with singing. Know that the Lord, He is God. It is He who has made us, not we ourselves. We are His people, the sheep of His pasture. You know, even life itself, our body's creation, He did it. Enter into His gates with thanksgiving and into His courts with praise. Be thankful to Him and bless His name. Well, where are His gates? Where are His courts? Well, that's the church house. No, that's your house. That's super saved. That's you know, food tiger. That's the bank. Everywhere you go, if you are a follower of Jesus, when you walk in, Jesus comes in with you. And those are his gates and his courts. You enter with thanksgiving and praise everywhere you go. Not just here at church. God doesn't dwell here. He dwells here. He's in you and me if you're a follower of Christ. So have an attitude of thanksgiving an attitude of gratitude, and live a life of thanksgiving. Roman numeral two, God gives good gifts to everyone, the evil and the good. 
And some of us are saying, well, you know, Pastor Wade, I'm trying hard for God, but I see this guy out there and, and he's living this life of debauchery. And I mean, he's just living like, you know, the devil. And it seemed like he's blessed big time. How come God blesses him and not me so much? Listen to what the Bible says. The Bible says in Matthew 5, 45, that you may be sons of your father in heaven, for he makes his son rise on the evil and on the good. Sins reign on the just and the unjust. God blesses everybody. I want you to know that. I want you to remember that. But we're going to learn in just a minute that God wants you to seek the best blessings, the best gifts. God, every good and every perfect gift is from above. And God gives good and perfect gifts even to people that are messed up, people whose lives are a wreck. Those 10 lepers, they weren't followers of Jesus. One of them became one. But Jesus blessed them all. I want you to remember that. He blesses everybody. He's giving them time to turn and repent. So if you're one of the nine that just all you see is the blessings, you don't see the blesser. Today he says, hey, I want you to be like the one who said, oh, God, you're blessing me. I see the blesser. And he said, oh, I will bless you more. I will give you more as long as you'll keep giving me glory and, and thanksgiving. That's a person I can bless continually. All right. Now, number three earnestly desire the best gifts, gifts that last forever. The Bible says in 1 Corinthians 12, 30, the first part, earnestly desire the best gifts. Now, what are the best gifts? Let me tell you some gifts that I have that aren't going to last forever. I'm going to show you one. God breathed into me the breath of life. I think all the time, because I read about this, your final breath. Your final breath. I don't know if heaven, if in heaven I'm going to breathe or not. But I know there's going to come a day, if Christ doesn't come first, that I'm going to take my final breath. This is a gift to me, breathing, being alive. You know, I remember when I was a little kid, I got a bone caught in my throat, and they thought, and I couldn't breathe, and, and oh, it was a scary time, and it was tough trying to get that breath in. And they didn't know if I was going to live or not, and God allowed me to live. And I praise Him for that. It is a gift. But there's coming a day when this breath is no more. I, know, I need to seek the eternal gifts more than just this. You know, and so many blessings. Uh, uh, you know, there's going to come a day when my kids ride off into the sunset. Hi, yo, Sylvia. And I'm going to go, oh. And, you know, they, they have all these songs that make me cry. You know, and I don't want to hear them. And, you know, and come, Daddy, dance with Cinderella, you know, because she's going to be riding away. And I'm going, oh, I don't want to hear all that stuff. You know what I'm talking about? Your kids grow up. Last night, Peyton said to me, Daddy, and she was crying. She said, Daddy, I'm sorry I have to grow up. And I said, I want you to grow up. You know, it's bittersweet, but I don't want to keep her, you know, 11. I want to grow up. You know, and that's the blessing of God. But there's coming that day. That's not eternal that she'll be 11. It's not. It's a blessing, but it's not eternal. She's growing up. You know, and I look at all these things we think are so important, and they are important, but earnestly seek the best gifts. What's the best gift? Jesus said to the woman at the well, if you knew the gift of God. You know, the best gift is God himself. It's him living in me and my little son. When can I get baptized, Daddy? When I know that God lives in you, son. 
He said, well, how will we know? I said, I'm going to talk to you this week, and I'm going to know. That's the greatest thing in the world that I know that my son is saved. My girls are saved. My wife is saved. And to know that you are saved, son, there is no greater thing than that. I can pray help for him, but you know what? Those nine, they were healthy, but they were lost. And if they didn't get saved, they're in hell today saying, you know what? We were blessed by God. He healed us, but we didn't get the ultimate healing. And we're lost. But the one, he said, your faith has saved you. Earnestly desire the best gift. And then the Bible says in, in John three sixteen, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. The gift of God was his Son who lives in us, who will never be taken from a believer. That's so important. Then, what's some other gifts that are eternal? Ephesians 2.8 says, For by grace you have been saved through faith, and that not of yourselves. It is the gift of God. Well, which one is the gift of God? All three. God's grace is a gift to you. Salvation is a gift offered to you. And your faith is... Even Romans 12, 3 says, God has dealt to each one a measure of faith. Even our faith is a gift from God. Act on it. Just like that one did. It said, you know what? I've been blessed by the blesser. And he saw through the blessing to the one who blesses him. Boy, that's why you need to love each other like crazy. That's why when a mama comes in whose son was saved this week and she is rejoicing and I think, what a blessing. And, and then I see right through those smiling eyes of, of yours and bright eyes about your son who is saved and, I, and Jesus is right there smiling at me. Song, you know what I'm saying? We need to rejoice in those things. And that's why I love a church that loves each other and realize it's a blessing to be in the presence of God with your brothers and sisters in Christ. For by grace you have been saved through faith. The Bible says in Romans 6, 23, the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. Your salvation is something that will not be taken from you. There is no final breath of your salvation. The Bible says the gifts and calling of God are irrevocable. Without repentance, they will never be taken back. The gift of salvation, he will never take back. The gift of himself in you, he will never take back. The gift of Jesus Christ in you, the hope of glory, he will never take back. Son, son his grace on you, he'll never take back his salvation. And then the Bible says in Acts 2.38, Peter said to them, repent, let every one of you be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. You know, what gets me is the nine never got the grace of God shed on them. He wanted that. He wanted to pour it out. He wanted to pour salvation on them, but they did not act in faith to receive that salvation. They did not receive God. They did not receive His Son, Jesus. They did not receive eternal life. They never got the Holy Spirit. They may have got a healing, but they, they missed the greatest, the greatest gifts and blessing. Where are the nine? I pray today that you're not one of those nine. I pray that your life is just like the, the one who came back and said, I see the blesser 
in the blessing. And yeah, it can be that when I go to those priests and they're going to give me this piece of paper saying I can go in town now because the law said that if you had leprosy, you could not get within 12 feet of anybody that didn't have leprosy. You always had to yell out, unclean, unclean. And all of a sudden, they looked and they're healed. And Jesus just said, hey, I want you to go to the priests. And they say, hey, we can get that note saying that we are clean. We can go to town. We can hug up on people. Everything like that. Oh, it's but all of a sudden, the one says, wait a minute. I see the blesser in this blessing. He comes first. He comes before I get that piece of paper. He comes before I go to the priest. He comes first. And before he was declared by the world to be clean, he went to the one who declared himself clean. And you notice what he did? He knows he's been healed. He runs up and gets on his face at the feet. He's well within 12 feet at the feet of Jesus saying thank you that we could not be religious that we could be in relationship so much with God so much with him that I mean every blessing you just rejoice you rejoice with your spouse you rejoice with your kids you rejoice with your grandparents you rejoice when you come to church you rejoice when you're getting gas and the guy at the, at the gas station knows you by name that's pretty cool you know and you say thank you God for a blessing like that thank you for blessing me great blesser now we'll go very quickly hope in God's promises equal, confident, trust. The Bible says in 2 Corinthians 1.20, all the promises of God in Him are yes, and in Him, amen, to the glory of God through us. Now, if you have hope in anything other than the promises of God, the best you've got is wishful thinking. But when you hope in the promises of God, I mean, when you, you know you have a confident trust that's what that guy that came back, you know, they were all wishful thinking, hoping that he would heal them. But all of a sudden, this one says, you know what? God cares about me. Jesus cares about me. You know what? All the promises of God in Christ are yes for me. They're amen. So let it be for me. I'm not wishful thinking anymore. I have a confident trust that God is going to be my provider. He's going to take care of me. I can have an attitude of gratitude. I don't have to go around wringing my hands. What's going to happen to me? No. No. Because of Christ, because of the blesser, I can look forward to the blessings. Do you understand where I'm coming from? You need to have an attitude of, hey, I have a confident trust. It's in here. I belong to him. They are for me. Confident trust. Not wishful thinking, Pastor Wade. Confident trust. You know what? The nine never walked in confident trust. They always walked in wishful thinking. Well, what's going to happen to us now? I don't have a job. I don't have good clothes. What's going to happen to me now? They sound like so many people in our churches today. The nine still sit in our churches today. They want the blessings, but they have wishful thinking. But the one, I want you to understand, the one who got at the feet of Jesus, he got up and said, you know what? All the promises of God in Christ for me are yes. For me, they're amen. All God's promises are, are coming for me. Now listen to this verse. I want to read it to you. 
Grace and peace be multiplied to you in the knowledge of God and Jesus our Lord as His divine power has given to us all things that pertain to life and godliness. Have given you that. Not will. Have. When you see the blesser, not just the blessing, and you give your life to Him, all of these have been given to you. You just got to learn how to take them. And walk in that. Man, that gives me a confident trust. Not wishful thinking. Well, I wish it. I hope it'll work out. No. It will work out for God's people. It will. What a difference in the two. Amen. Now, I'm going to finish with this. Point number five. Do not gain the world and lose your soul. You know, I've been teaching in Sunday school a book called Soul Detox detoxifying your soul. He said, you know, we're not bodies that have a soul. We are a soul that right now has a body. But one of these days, our body's going to be gone. Our soul lives on. And what Jesus said is this. He says in Mark 8, 35, whoever desires to save his life will lose it. Whoever loses his life for my sake and the gospels will save it. For what will it profit a man if he gains the whole world and loses his own soul? They asked for healing that day. You may be asking for a job. You may be asking for a house or a car or a wife or a husband or children or whatever it is, and you can gain the whole world and still lose you. And what will it profit you? Because one day, all these, the breath that you have, the body you have, the stuff you have, the family, even the family, all that, when you die, you stand alone before God. And what will it profit you if you gain the whole world and lose your soul? I know there was a man, a king in the Old Testament who was at his deathbed. And he said, oh God, please give me some more time. And he gained 15 more years. And in that time, his son Manasseh was born. And Hezekiah's son Manasseh. Hezekiah was a godly king. Manasseh was born who turned out to be the most ungodly king ever was. Horrible. In that same 15 years that God blessed Hezekiah with, he goes and he shows off all that, that he's got. He took his eyes off the blessed sword and he began to just look at the blessings and those evil kings that he was showing off in his pride to said, we're coming back to take it all. And they did. It would have actually been better for Hezekiah to have died when it was time to die. You know, and what I'm saying is he, he looked like he gained the world with that extra 15 years, but he actually lost. He actually lost. Well, Jesus said, what will it profit you if you gain everything you think you want but lose your soul? We say, well, Pastor Wade, what do I do? Repentance of sin and faith in Jesus will gain you your soul. Number two, loving God and people are greater than all the other gifts combined. Now listen with me. I'll be through in five minutes. Listen with me. 1 Corinthians 13, verse 1. Though I speak with the tongue of men and of angels. Maybe you have the gift of speaking in tongues or maybe you're really eloquent in speaking to people. But I do not have love. I have become sounding brass or a clanging cymbal. Clang, clang, clang. Listen. And though I have the gift of prophecy and understand all mysteries and all knowledge. Maybe you have a word of wisdom. Maybe you have that word of knowledge that you hear about. But you know what the Bible says? And though I have all faith so that I could remove mountains but have not love, I am nothing. 
And though I bestow all my goods to feed the poor, though I give my body to be burned, but have not love. We can go on mission trips to the ends of the earth, but if you don't love the people that you're going for, if it's all about the blessing of getting to go on a big mission trip and report and all that. If you're not loving the people that you're going to minister to, it doesn't profit you at all. Though you give all your money to the poor, but you don't love them, it ain't doing nothing. The greatest gift of all, Jesus summed up in the great two commandments, Love God. Love people. That satisfies the whole Word of God. It's the greatest gift of all. And then lastly, be a giver toward God, rich toward God, not a taker, only receiving from Him. See that the ten, nine of the ten just took. They didn't give anything back. I hope that's never said of you. I don't want that said of me. I don't want to be a taker. Now, I've received great, every good thing in my life I received from him. You too. It's a gift from God. Every good thing in your life. But don't just be a taker. Be a giver. I want to finish by reading this quick little story that Jesus quoted. It's Luke 12, verse 15. He said to them, take heed, beware of covetousness. I got to have more, more, more. For one's life does not consist in the abundance of the things he possesses. God doesn't look at you and look at your bank account. He doesn't care how much. I mean, he cares that you're provided for, but he's not impressed by your bank account and how much stuff you have. He spoke a parable to them saying, the ground of a certain rich man yielded plentifully. Who gave that man the riches? God. Who blessed him with every good and perfect gift? God. Who made the ground yield plentifully? God. He spoke of, and he, and he thought within himself saying, what shall I do since I have no room to store my crops? He said, I'll do this. I'll pull down my barns, build greater. There I will store all my crops and my goods. I will say to my soul, soul, you have many goods laid up for many years. Take your ease, eat, drink, and be merry. But God said to him, fool, this night your soul will be required of you. Then who's will those things be which you have provided? They're going to take all your stuff and give it to somebody else. Then look what he said. So is he who lays up treasure for himself and is not rich toward God. I want you to understand. There were ten that God made rich that day. Ten who had leprosy, incurable disease. And Jesus said, go show yourself to the priest. All ten walked in faith. Receiving that blessing, and then they looked, and they were, oh, look, look. And they said, look, you, you don't have that on your hands anymore. Your face is clear. We've been healed. We've been healed. Nine of them did not bless God. We're not rich toward God. They stored up for themselves. They keep going to the priest. Hey, give us that, that writ. Give us that page that says we can show everybody. Hey, we can go anywhere we want. We can do anything we want. Hey, hey, look at us. But one goes, wait a minute. Wait, whoa, before I do that, he, the blesser, has blessed me. I want to bless him. I give you glory for healing me. I give you glory for blessing me. I give you glory for my wife. I give you glory for my kids. I give you glory for my church. I give you glory for my salvation. I give you glory for the breath that I breathe. I give, and boy, and then you get to Jesus and you fall at his feet. That's why we love the altar. You know, and I look at the altar, you know what we got all over the altar? Toilet paper from the kids. 
Gone. Blessing. Blessing. But you want to bless Him. Not just take, but give. Where are the nine? My prayer is they're not sitting here.